two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, forty, fifty, six, seventy, eighty, nine, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-two. Oh, man, almost maybe, maybe, maybe thirty people. That's great. All right, the rest of you get with it. All right, will you please? We need your help. Find an idea, work it, and all those funds will go in. And again. It would, it would be nice if it was lots of money for our building fund, but the thing is we're keeping it before us, we're praying about it, we're seeking what we can do and see what the Lord can do for us. Amen? So please be involved in that. I want to also mention before we get into our text, we getting ready to go on that fall retreat for the couples, and I gave out the schedules Wednesday night to those that were here. If you didn't get one, please see Pastor if you were not here, please get one because there's information on there you need, okay? Uh, we were going to go to dinner at a restaurant in that area. One of the meals that was on us, ourselves, not, not, court, not, not part of the price, and the, the little restaurant couldn't abide us. We have too many coming. So we ended up having to have another meal at the retreat center, which is fine. They have three chefs there. It's a, this is a world-class place. It's very nice and uh, but it's going to cost a little bit more so you need to see pastor not a lot i think uh, 15 dollars a person for that meal so um husbands if you just pay for your wives she would appreciate it and uh she can have another meal there but things like that information you need to know about you didn't get your paper please see pastor okay then i want to thank shoba and kathy they take care of the they put things out here the flowers the other ladies attend and water and it just looks pretty out there. Thank you for the change of that. And uh, it's the fall season. Boy, the first day of fall really got cold, didn't it? it uh, it's supposed to be in the 70s this week, so don't worry. But guess what's coming? More fall. More fall. John chapter 3. Let's get into God's Word. You know, I know oftentimes when I pick a text to preach on, and it's a familiar text, sometimes I think we all have this idea that we, we know this text really well. Don't let any part of the Word of God become old-fashioned to you in the sense that you know it. Uh, you know, we need to be reminded of truths, but also there's always something in there that the Lord speaks to me about. And we're going to be in this very familiar text, no doubt, to all of us, but it's a good one. John chapter 3, and I want to take a look at verses 1 through 16. So hang on with me today. Read your Bible with the pastor this morning, and we'll get into it. John 3, 1 through 16. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old, can he enter into the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answereth, answered, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, notice capital S, Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, or whether it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. 
Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto, you, I say unto thee, uh, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up into heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I want to preach today this thought, a new look at the new birth. A new look at the new birth. Have you been born anew? Have you ever been born again? Have you experienced the new birth? Now think about that. Really, have you? I have. I can go back to a time and a place in my life. I can go, I can go back in my mind's eye and, and refresh myself and relive that, that time where I repented of my sins and I trusted Christ as my Savior. It's just as real to me today as it was back then, almost 45 years ago. Let me tell you something. If you got saved, you'll know it. And I'm afraid in many of our churches, people do not have a born-again experience. Many people that sit in pews week to week and go to church have never been born again. It's a problem. And uh, the Lord's led me to preach on it this week. You say, oh, I've heard that before. Well, listen with new ears today, okay? And pray for those that really need to recognize that they truly need to be born again of the Spirit of God. Let's pray. Father, help us as we are assembled here under this roof here at Parkview. So many sermons for so many years. So many messages about salvation. But Lord, I'm convinced there's maybe one or two or more that have never been truly born again. Some think they're going to heaven because they're pretty good people because they attend church now and then. Some think they're going to heaven because they feel like everybody goes to heaven. Lord, there might be a child, an adult here today that thinks they're on their way to heaven, and in fact, they're not. Lord, we all, as you said, must be born again. Help those that are lost today to have ears to hear. Help us that are saved not to grieve the Spirit of God by not praying for this message or listening to what may you have to say to us even as those that have been born again. Lord, let's have power today in the message. Be with our children as they're hearing the word of God today. Be with the deaf as they are taught the word of God today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, here God imparts this divine life to the sinner uh, mentioned here in the scripture through the process of new birth, or here's a word, spiritual regeneration. Now the work of salvation is, listen, this is important, it's a complete work of God. It's by the operation of God. It's not by us doing anything. And so many people are confused by that today because they think that if they're religious, they go to church occasionally, they're good people, that that means they're going to heaven. No, it doesn't. Jesus was talking to a very devout religious man here in this text, a ruler of the Jews, a Pharisee. 
in the Jewish religion, and he was lost. He was a leader of religious people, and he was lost. And Jesus said, you must be born again. He didn't say it's a good idea or it's another option. He said, you must be born again. And although we assemble on a Sunday morning, we think, well, everybody knows that. Everybody doesn't know that. Everybody's born again. No, not everybody's born again. And so let's have the Holy Spirit work in our hearts. People get saved through the preached word, being born again, not of corruptibility, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. We've got to get the word of God to people. And the Holy Spirit does the work, the operation, spiritual operation of bringing people to the new birth experience. There must be a genuine conviction of sin. There must be repentance of sin and there must be complete faith in Christ. Now, I just preached on repentance. Maybe you're not paying attention, but each Sunday I've been trying to show a particular important doctrine that we need to review from time to time. I've dealt with repentance, I've dealt with faith, and now I'm dealing with this idea of the new birth. So as we approached in past weeks when I preached on real repentance, I want us to see there's a real need for people to be born again or have soul regeneration. Have you been born again? Do you know it? Have you been truly saved? Have you had this experience in your life? You say, I don't know the date. You know, people say they got saved on July this and 19 whatever. That's fine. You don't have to have the exact date. But you must have an experience that you know that you called on Christ and you were born again of the Spirit of God. I want to ask some questions today. I want to make some statements today in this idea. First of all, like I did with repentance, I'm approaching the same manner. I want to, I want to say this. What the new birth is not. We don't talk about, we'll talk about what the new birth is. But let's talk about what it's not, because so many people are confused. Go to John chapter 3, look at verse 4 again. We read this, but let's pay attention, let's focus now. John chapter 3, verse 4, Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born again when he is old? He, he didn't get it. He thought he was talking about physical, but he said, I'm an old guy, how do I? He, he goes on and says, Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? He's thinking about physical birth. How can I be an adult and go through that process again? He misunderstood what the word, the, the, what Jesus was talking about. He's talking about spiritual birth, not physical birth. So the new birth, first of all, is not the natural birth. In many ways, it mimics or appears to be the same, but it's not. It has certain similarities. You know, before I saw the light of day, before you saw the light of day, there had to, be, had to be physical birth. Now, we know these ladies that are with child right now. There is a, there's a baby in them just about to come out, but they're still in that womb. But one of these days they're going to come out and there's going to be physical birth. They'll see the light of day. And with that experience as so many delights and beauties and joys and through the life that's given them some wonderful uh, experiences... But there must be first birth. Spiritual birth is the same way. There must be, according to Jesus Christ, the born-again experience. There must be true repentance. There must be someone placing their faith and trust in Christ. Why? Because we're not alive until he imparts life. 
The Bible says in Ephesians 2 and verse 1, uh, go there if you would. I want you to read it for yourself. Sometimes the preacher says things, I get it, and we, we just say, oh, the preacher said that. This is God's word saying this, not me. I'm just a mouthpiece. I'm just a voice. In Ephesians chapter 2, I want you to see that if somebody doesn't have a Bible today, for whatever reason, and you're sitting there, just show them in the Bible your Bible. Read along with them. Ephesians 2 and verse 1, and watch it. And you hath he quickened. Now that word quickened is an old English word that means alive. Alive. And you hath he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. So the Bible, first of all, tells us that we're dead spiritually. Now think about death. Death is the absence of life. Death is a sensation. A secession of life. One of these days I'll pass away unless the Lord comes and gets me in the rapture. I will physically pass away. I will cease to exist in the physical form. Now don't worry about me because I'll be more alive than I've ever been because I'll be in heaven for to be asked and the bodies to be present with the Lord. People that know the Lord are there. Amen. But what the new birth is not, it is not the physical birth. It is the spiritual birth. And this happens by understanding that we are dead in our trespasses and sins. The Bible says in Ephesians in verse, chapter 2, verse 5, listen, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. Again, we're told that we're dead in our sins. Spiritually speaking, I have no life. That's why the Bible says the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, neither can he know them, for their foolishness unto him. You and I know people that you try to talk to spiritually and they just don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to them. And so they, go, they scramble right back to their religious experiences that, that I'm a good person, I went to church, I was confirmed, I was baptized. You know, none of that saves anybody. Why? Because we're dead. We're spiritually dead. We're not just a little sick. We're dead. We have no spiritual sight. We have no spiritual insight. The Spirit of God is not in us. We must have life, and that life comes only through God. Now, we can have all, we can cross all our, uh, we can dot all our I's and cross all our T's, so to speak. But unless God imparts life, you have no life. It's truly a God work. I'm thankful for the day that God convicted me of my sin. I'm thankful for the day that somebody witnessed to me for Jesus Christ. And you heard Brother Bruce Fry last week, the times he'd come to church and he didn't get saved. People thought he'd get saved, but he didn't get saved. God keeps working, God keeps working, God keeps working. We get discouraged because we witness to our loved ones and neighbors and we say, oh, they're going to get saved, and they don't. Listen, God's doing His work. I get discouraged sometimes. I preach a message like this, we have invitation, we don't see anybody walk out. You know, that doesn't mean God's not working. What oftentimes that means is we're not working to get people under the gospel. You keep preaching the gospel to people that are already saved. But when God lays a message on my heart, I'm going to preach it. Because you never know what God's doing in hearts. Oh, I would hate to see somebody come to church for a long time, split hell wide open. When they had the opportunity to really be born again and they did not receive it. Salvation is a gift. 
Something God offers, but it has to be taken. It has to be received. But as many as receive him, that they gave you power to become the sons of God. Even them that believe on his name, John 1.12. God is always offering his son, but many times people say, no, thank you, I don't need it. Or they'll say, I'm religious, I'm a good person. We try to do good things. Goodness doesn't save anybody. Our goodness can never attain to God's goodness. Not by works of righteousness what we have done, but according to His mercy He saves us. For by grace He is saved through faith in that, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I can't go to heaven one day and say, let me in, I deserve to go in. Look at all my good works. No, it doesn't work that way. By the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified. A lot of people say, well, I, I believe this, I believe this, I go to church, I've been raised up this way. I'm an American, therefore I'm a Christian, therefore I'm going to heaven. Hogwash. There must be a time and a place that you're truly born again. A spiritual birth takes place. Just like a physical birth takes place, we need the second birth. We need the new birth. It's not a psychological experience. That's something else it's not. There's no hocus-pocus relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not through dreams and visions and clairvoyance and readings and seances and crystals. You know, we live in a very spiritual world. But you must be born again. I was talking to an adult man this week who was telling me he's going to one of these better life seminars and all it is is like reading of cards and tea leaves and and all this and so you can live a better life listen you can try to live a better life all you want but if you go to if you die like that you go straight to hell is what you do and i'm sorry but the bible teaches there is a heaven there is a hell i'm not happy about that doctrine but that's god's doctrine I want people, when they pass from this life into the next, to know that where they're going. It's not a psychological experience. It's not mind over matter. The scripture teaches that we're spiritually dead and we must be born again. Colossians 2 and verse 13, the Bible says these words, And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath quickened together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses. Praise the Lord. I have been forgiven of all my transgressions. Transgression means I passed a line with God. You know, I was telling to Brother Gene, I said, a little nippy, and it feels like almost hunting season. I said to Brother Cole, I said, you going hunting? He goes, yeah, a little bit. And I said, no, I might go a day or two this year. I haven't been in a long time. Is it, you know, when this season comes, it always sounds good. But what I don't like is the getting up in the morning part. And the going out and the dew and the damp and then when the snow comes, getting covered up with snow and the freezing weather and wearing all that junk. And by the time I have all my gear on and that, I weigh 300 in none of your business. So I'm just <laughs> going like this. And, and then, you know, I just, I'm just not having any fun. I never get a deer. I spend money. Everybody makes fun of me. I'm going to maybe go a couple times this year. But I'll tell you what, I don't even know why I'm telling you that. <laughs> oh, I know. The Bible says in verse 13, 
You being dead in your sins and uncircumcision of flesh hath quickened together with him and forgiven you of all your trespasses. Listen, when I do go hunting or you go, every once in a while you see a fence and there'll be a sign at no trespassing. It means don't go, don't go in that field. It belongs to somebody else. You see, God has a line and he marks no trespassing. And we, here's what we do. We constantly cross those lines. You know what those lines are for? Like the law to show us how much we need him. People think, well, I keep the Ten Commandments. No, you don't. Nobody ever has. There's a guy in Matthew chapter 10 that kept seven of the Ten Commandments, but he didn't keep them all. And if you offend one point of the law, the Bible says you've offended it all. Seven out of ten is pretty good. But it's not good enough. The law was given us to show us that we're sinners and that we need a Savior. So all our lives, we... We keep passing in the no trespassing zone with God. We know what sin is. We know what wrong is. But we do it anyway. We think it or we do it or we say it. Our sins are by commission. Some of our sins are by omission. We don't do the things we're supposed to do. And we, we're supposed to do some things we don't do. And we do some things we're not supposed to do. You know why? Because we're sinners. You know what sinners need? Savior. A Savior. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Nobody's getting to heaven by being a member of Parkview Baptist Church. You go to heaven by receiving Jesus Christ as Savior. Here's what Jesus said. You must be born again. It's not the natural. It's not like the natural birth. It's not a psychological thing that you do through some system. The Bible says, hath quickened us. The Lord gives eternal life to us. And it's not necessarily a religious thing. For we look in verse 10 of this man in John chapter 3. It says this about him. Verse 10, he says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? Nicodemus was a master of Israel. That means he was a teacher. He was a high-ranking Pharisee. He was important in the Jewish religion. But it wasn't good enough. Jesus said, you ought to know this stuff. Now he was thinking of the physical birth, for he said, how can a man enter the second time into his mother's womb? Jesus said, marvel not that I say unto you. Don't be confused. Don't be stymied. Don't be surprised. Don't be taken back. Jesus said, you must be born again. Here's something else. It's not any kind of reformation. A lot of people go to churches that came through the Reformation. Reformation is not bad, but it's not salvation. Reformation is trying to make ourselves better or to live a certain way. Regeneration is what God does in our heart by saving us through His grace and His mercy. Again, this man was very religious. And he thought that that was good enough, but it wasn't. You know, you can have all the head knowledge you want, but unless it's in here, you're in trouble. Years ago, there was a pastor in this area, Galilean Baptist Church, Dr. Herbert Noe. Dr. Noe was out door knocking, and uh, he took a misstep. He had, he had a bad leg from polio as a child, and so he kind of walked with a limp. But he was on a porch, and he, he fell off that porch while he was making a call, and he hurt himself. They took him to the hospital, and they were checking him out for a few days. And i never forget, I, I went up to the hospital, and I, Brother Steve Childers, is Steve here? There he is. Brother Steve Childers was a deacon at that time. He went with me to see 
uh, Dr. Noe, see how he was doing. And when we came in, Dr. Noe was on the phone. So we couldn't talk to him. We just sat down in the chairs by the bed, and there was a little curtain here. And so I, I said, okay. I went around the curtain and said to the man, hey, sir, we're here to, to uh, pray with our friend, Dr. Noe. Can we talk to you? And Steve Childers knew the man. He was a Jewish rabbi. Steve Childers had done, I don't know, a bar mitzvah or a wedding or something with his picture taken. I don't remember. That's not the important thing. But Steve knew the rabbi. And the rabbi is sitting in the bed talking to us as Dr. Noe's on the phone. And the rabbi talked to Steve for a little bit and me. And finally the old rabbi said, that man knows his Old Testament. Dr. Noe had been witnessing to the rabbi. Dr. Noe tried to win that rabbi to Jesus Christ. Here's the thing. The rabbi was a religious man. The rabbi was well-educated. The rabbi was intelligent. The rabbi knew the Old Testament scriptures too, but he wasn't born again. And Dr. Noe was doing his best to give him a, a good witness. You know, if you know somebody that is kind of intelligent, I mean, they're, they're kind of the intelligentsia. Listen, they need the Lord. Just because they're educated doesn't mean they're going to heaven. You ever hear of a guy named Rabbi Zacharias? Rabbi Zacharias? He's an intellectual. Get a book from him. Sick that on him. Because some of these people are not going to listen to you and I that are not all that brilliant. Sorry, I don't mean to hurt your feelings. But there are some people that are so educated in that they don't get this the lower shelf stuff. And they need somebody that will challenge them. Dr. Noe was challenging the old rabbi. You know why? That rabbi needed to be born again. I don't know who you know in your life that doesn't know Jesus, but Reformation is not going to save their soul. I don't care how high they're up there in some kind of religion. I don't care if they wear robes. I don't care if they have 20 degrees after their name. Reformation, a changed life and living in that culture does not save anybody. They must be born again. And then this, Ephesians 2, 8 and 10 says, it's not by any measure of good works or deeds, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Praise God. I've done a lot of good things in my life, but, you know, I've done a lot of bad things too. And nowhere does it say in the Bible that God puts our good works and our bad works and puts them on a scale. You know, I went to the doctor the other day, and every time I go to the doctor, he puts me on that scale. I don't know why they do that, but every time he does it to me. And I got to get on that scale and look at that number. And these little girls that work there, they, they have it down here at the 150. I said, ladies, you are wasting your time. <laughs> and so they bump it up to two, and I said, you're still wasting your time. Get it up here about 250, and then we're talking business. None of your business again. But anyway, <laughs> people think that they got a bunch of good things they've done that outweigh the bad things. That's not how it works. Here's how it works. You must be born again. If you've not been born again, you're, you may be lost. I don't care if you're sitting in church. I don't care if you're a nice person. I don't care if you pay your bills. I don't care if you're a good parent. I don't care if you're a good citizen. I don't care if you're generous. It doesn't work. You must be born again. And the Lord gives us a primary example of probably the best guy in that community the best moral guy in that community, the best religious guy in that community, and that fella had to be born again. Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness which we have done. Nothing that we think we've done right. 
Romans 3.20, Therefore by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Galatians 2.16, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Verse after verse after verse. Folks, false religions and cults are all work-based. They all feel like I'm going to heaven because I've done this. That's not the way you get to heaven. You must be born again. And then I'll tell you something else. It's not through any rites or ceremonies. The Bible says in Philippians 2.13, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That verse confuses. They say, wait a minute. Now, the Bible says you work it out. No, he's not saying that. He's saying God gives you salvation. Now, it's up to you to work it out, meaning live the Christian life after you're saved. So many people see that verse and they think, i got to work for something. No, it's talking about the after effects of being born again. When I was down in Bible college in Chattanooga, my wife and I went out to little Baptist church in Beaverdale, Georgia. That's our first experience of passion, a little country church. And there were a lot of just country people out there. There was an old man who lived next door to us, and he was a retired church of God assembly or whatever like that. And he was retired. He used to go out hunting with his, his hound dogs. And every once in a while, I'd meet him on the road, and he, we'd talk a little bit. But he'd always want to argue with me about eternal life. Oh, always. He said, well, you, you know, you got to endure. you got to do this and that. And, and we had these discussions. And he said, they that endure to the end, they shall be saved. You get, God starts it, but you got to keep it. But that, that, they take one obscure verse and turn it out of context, just like this one. That work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It's not about being saved. It's because you're saved. But man, I wish I'd see more good works than people that say they're saved. Something happened to me when I got born again. I changed. I was not the same person I was before I put my faith in Christ. People think rites and rituals are going to get them to heaven. Baptism. Baptism doesn't get anybody saved. Baptism, when somebody gets, and baptism is good. But baptism is declaring a faith somebody already has publicly. It's a testimony of faith in Christ after somebody's saved. No water is going to save anybody. Water doesn't wash away our sins. What washed away our sins is the blood of Christ on the cross of Calvary. Not water. But some people are so hung up on that. Baptism is good. We're Baptists. We believe in baptism, but Baptist, baptism saves no one. It's an outward declaration of an inward faith. It's an answer to God for a good conscience. If you've not been baptized, you should, but not in order to be saved, but because you already are saved. You're declaring your faith in Christ. Confirmation. I was confirmed as a kid in the Catholic Church. My parents had me baptized as an infant. Confirmation is when you get a little older. I think I was 12 years old. And you, you make a statement of your beliefs. I had to go through catechism. And that's learning the dogma of the church. And I'd repeat back what they had taught me. I didn't know what I was doing even at 12 years old. 
I was just parroting what I was told to say. But I had confirmation. As a kid, I had my first Holy Communion. Holy Communion is part of what the Catholic Church calls sacraments. The word sacrament means salvation. It's a process of salvation. And there's, I think there's seven sacraments. I, I don't know if I can remember them all. I know that baptism is a sacrament, first Holy Communion, confirmation, marriage, holy matrimony, holy orders, that's to become a priest or a nun, last rites. I know I'm missing one. Rick, do you remember the seventh one? Okay, he's old Polish Catholic, but there's another one I can't think. But it, these sacraments are said to bring us to salvation. But the Bible says it's not by works, which we have done. And of course, I was baptized as an infant. My parents thought that was right. I didn't have a say. I was a baby. Then you get to a little bit older, and they teach you these things, and you know a little bit more, but I still didn't understand. And I went through that confirmation process. And then, of course, I went to confession. I'd go in the confessional box, and I'd say, Father, forgive me. My last confession was, and I would tell him what it was, and he'd tell me how many Hail Marys to say, and how many Our Fathers, and how many Apostles' Creed. And then I'd go out and light a candle, and then I, I felt really good for a little bit. But you know what? I, it wasn't, I wasn't born again. I was just religious. And that's where God started dealing with me about my soul. I had some faithful Christians tell me about I needed to be born again. And God, the Holy Spirit, convicted me and convicted me and convicted me. And the Holy Spirit convinced me that I needed Christ. And then I called on him as my Savior. He saved my soul. And my life has been forever changed. It's not through religious. I don't care what you are. But it's not through baptism or confirmation or first holy communion. It's not through any ritual or rite. It's through Jesus Christ and Him alone. So, what new birth is not? Now, I'm just going to tell you what the new birth is. Go to John chapter 3, and we're moving on. We'll be done here pretty soon. Say, preacher, we know this good. You're getting a refresher course. Somebody might be here, sitting here religious, but lost. John chapter 3, verse 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit... He cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's a capital spirit there, capital S. You've got to be born of the spirit or you can't go to heaven. Verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. You know, we have babies. They're born in the flesh. And that which is born of the spirit, capital S, is spirit. Marvel not, don't be duped, don't be confused. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. There it is again. There's a must. And notice there's a key word here. Again. You can have a physical birth. That's great. Thank God for physical birth. But someday we're going to die. Physically. We're going to stand before holy God. And he's going to check us out. Make sure we've had a spiritual birth. It means to be made alive from our dead condition. Remember, we're dead in trespasses and sins. It means to be partaker of the divine nature, 2 Peter chapter 1. Before I was saved, I didn't have a divine nature. I had a God consciousness. That's a gift from God to mankind. But I did not have the divine nature. You know what the divine nature is? It's a new nature. That's why the statement born again is used. Brian McBride 
this next summer we're going to have a treat. His family's going to be with us for a few days for music. We haven't had them in a number of years. They play the old bluegrass style. I like that. And they sing an old song. Brian likes to sing it. He does a solo on it. It talks about taking off the old man and putting on the new. It's an old song. Take off the old man and put on the new. Well, that's what happened to me one day. The old man was going to hell. And the Holy Spirit saved me and made me a born-again Christian, and I put on the new. Has the idea of taking off an old garment and putting on a new garment. The robes of Jesus Christ's righteousness, not, not the old robes. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah that all our righteousness is filthy rags. All the things that we can see about, listen, we need to get a proper view of ourselves. We are sinners. We deserve no grace, but God gives us grace. We don't deserve salvation, but God offers salvation. We need to have the old man taken off and the new man put on. The robes of Christ, not our own robes of righteousness. They don't do us any good. Amen. People don't like to hear that they're sinners. By nature, we don't like that. We resist that. But that's the truth. And we need a new nature. There's a human side of regeneration in the fact that we ask, but God does the work. It involves a change. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So, let me ask you a question. When did it become new for you? I can go back to the place, the time, the event, and I repented. I asked God to forgive me of my sins. And I asked Jesus Christ to come to my heart and be my Savior. I asked Him to save me and change my life. I remember those words. And there's like just a few steps from the house I lived in as a kid. I remember coming down those steps, and I, I said this many times, there wasn't any orchestra playing, there wasn't any angels. Oh, I didn't hear that. I had done what God told me to do. But in my heart was a subtle peace that I was born again. I knew it. I knew it. And this in no time, I was changing. My thinking was changing. My living was changing. I had a desire I never had before. I didn't care about church. I didn't care about God. I didn't care about religion. I didn't care about the Bible. I didn't care about any of it. But after I got saved, man, I couldn't get enough of it. Has that ever happened to you? I always wonder about people who want nothing to do with God and they say they're saved. That's not how it works. I came down those steps and I was different. And not only did I know it and feel it, but everybody else saw it in me and knew it and feel it. They didn't know what to call it, but I was different. I was different. I quit doing the things that I found so much enjoyment in. The things that I used to do that, that were wrong, I didn't have the enjoyment. And I quit. And then all my friends, they thought I lost my mind, so they left me. But God did a wonderful thing. He gave me all kinds of friends in Christ. Matter of fact, He put me in a family of believers. God's been so good to me. But I remember coming down those steps. You know what? I was a different man. I was a different person after I trusted Christ. Here's the question. You said, preacher, we've heard your testimony 31, 7, 49, Ross. That's not the question. Here's the question. Does that happen to you? Come on. Many of you say, yes, 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 yes. And you mean it. But I believe there's probably a few in here, maybe a Three, four, maybe a half a dozen, maybe more. You've never been born again and you know it. What are you playing games with your soul for? Jesus said, I didn't say this. Jesus said, ye must be born again. 
You try to tell people this, and they think they, they're listening. Oh, you've got to be a Baptist. You want me to join your church. You want me to do this, this, and this. Not even say that. You must be born again. You must repent of your sin. You're a sinner. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everybody ought to know they're a sinner, and we all know that. And no good works are going to save. We know that. But it has to be a time and a place that we admitted to God, I'm a sinner. And I'm inviting you into my heart, Lord Jesus, to be my Savior and my Lord. Have you done that? See, I said those words, did you mean them? God looketh on the heart, man looketh on the outward appearance. What does God know? Has there been a change? When I got saved, when I got born again, my whole life changed. I changed. I didn't make the change. God made the change. Have you been born again? Lastly, why the new birth is absolutely necessary. I'll give you these and we're done. John 3, 3. It says this. Jesus answered and said unto him. Remember who he's talking to? A religious guy. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You know, it's absolutely necessary for you and I to be saved because here's number one. Because the Lord said so. Who am I to argue with God? God is sovereign. God is holy. God is God without any help from anybody else. He doesn't need us. He's self-existent. He's satisfied in himself. God chose us because he loved us. And he wanted fellowship with us. But God's son, who God sent, said, ye must be born again. Because God says so, you ought to be saved. Because we have a fallen nature, we ought to be saved. Because we're spiritually dead, we ought to be saved. Because our flesh and our fleshly nature cannot please God. Therefore, we need God. Because we can't enter into heaven without a spiritual birth. So here's my question today. Ever been born again? Really? When did that happen? What circumstances brought that to be? You know, we all might have had different circumstances that brought us to repentance and faith in Christ. But you all get saved the same way. By admitting we're a sinner. Asking God to forgive us of our sins. And asking Jesus Christ to come into our heart and life and be our Savior. That's how it's experienced. Can't have it without the Holy Ghost. You can't have it without repentance. You can't have it without the Word of God. And there must be faith. There must be faith. Faith in Christ. Now, we're going to close this. I, 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 I say this with all sincerity. I believe that there may be some here today. Why in the world would God press this on my heart? Because I've certainly preached out of this text before, many times. Hearing Brother um, Bruce last week, I, you know, it just stirred me up about souls and the need of people. I mean, it stirred me up this week. And then God told me, he said, preach this message about you must be born again. Friend, God loves you. He loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son that you might have eternal life. Don't miss it because you think you're a good person, because you go to church every once in a while, because you good, do good deeds and you think your good deeds outweigh your bad, because you talk about God. 
because you're generous, all this stuff. Friend, that's not going to work. You must be born again. It's not a suggestion. It's an order. You must be born again. Let's bow our heads if we would.